Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. This is Beth Bond coming to you live from Decatur, Georgia. And welcome to Speaking of Green, the podcast of Southeast Green, which is the largest online news site for sustainable business and environmental policy news in the Southeast United States. Today we are talking about a very timely topic. Uh, We are honored to have Sarah. Sarah, I did not check (laughs) for your last name, so I'm going to mess it up. Just correct me. Barkzak. Uh, who is the high-risk energy director of Southern Alliance for Clean Energy, um, as she is the program director for high-risk energy choices. Um, Sarah provides extensive outreach and support to concerned citizens, organizing organizing partners, the media, and decision makers, and participates in legislative and state federal regulatory forums on issues forums on issues and concerning nuclear energy, public safety, utilities, and the impacts of power plants and our energy infrastructure on the region's water resources. Sarah managed our coastal office in Savannah, Georgia, which opened in 2000 after the former Jordans for Clean Energy hired her in 1999. She participated in a U.S.-Russian exchange with non-governmental organizations in Russia impacted by plutonium bomb fuel. Uh, also known as MOX, programs, including travel to Russia. She has worked for nearly 20 years in diverse environmental fields in the private and nonprofit sectors as an environmental contractor for the Department of Defense relating to hazardous waste and air quality issues and as a citizen advocate, educator, and consultant to three nonprofit organizations. Sarah received a BA in biology from Lawrence University. Sarah, you've been busy. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Beth, and <laughs> and I appreciate being here. And you, you were very close with my last name. Uh, it's Polish, so it's always difficult, but uh, the C is silent, so it's Barzak, like B-A-R, Z-A-K, even though there is a C in the middle there. So you're very close. Okay. Well, thank you. I, I normally check before we get on air. Well, today we, um, you, you know, SACE and and Southeast Green have had a long history. We've had a lot of your folks on here. Y'all do an amazing amount of work, um, primarily focused in the Southeast. But we're going to talk about uh, Toshiba and nuclear and what that means for us, the U.S. and us, us and the U.S. And in particular, South Carolina and Georgia, since we have uh, nuclear, well, Vogel's, Vogel's going to finish some someday, um, but I know it's also uh, relevant to what's happening in South Carolina. So why don't you give us a little background about the nuclear and why this Toshiba thing is such a big deal? Sure. Um and it, it goes back a ways to tie the pieces together. So I'll just do sort of a quick um, historical view of this. Um, Toshiba, which is a, 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 a Japanese uh, company, huge corporation, um, sort of a giant in the Japanese economy, um, back in the mid-2000s uh, bought up Westinghouse, which is a more, uh, you know, a familiar name in the United States. And Westinghouse, uh, their nuclear division, um, 
had basically designed their they build and design nuclear reactors. And so Toshiba purchased um, Westinghouse back in the mid-2000s when we were in the United States uh, dealing with uh, the nuclear renaissance was what it was coined by the nuclear industry and its, its supporters. And this all came out of the Energy Policy Act of 2005 um, which was a broad-ranging energy policy bill. And one of the things that came out of that bill was this push, actually, for more nuclear power generation in the United States. And there were a lot of carrots, as I say, big federal carrots to utilities in the form of either tax credits or um, 50%, 50% cost-sharing uh, for things like pursuing getting a new license for reactors and things like that. Big race um, among utilities in the country, but primarily many in the southeast who started filing applications with the U.S. Nuclear Regulatory Commission to potentially build new reactors. Um, at one point in time, there were over 30-plus new reactor applications with more than half of those in our region in the southeastern United States. So that, you know, Toshiba looked at that as obviously a strategic purchase of Westinghouse because Westinghouse had a new reactor design called the AP1000 and AP stands for advanced passive. And 1000 essentially stands for about the amount of megawatts, the amount of electricity the, the reactors would generate. So they bought that in the mid-2000s, and, um, you know, there were many, many new reactor applications that flooded the U.S. Nuclear Regulatory Commission. And in our region, as I said, more than half of those new applications were in the southeast. And one of the, the, the utilities that wanted to be at the front of the line, as they said, was Southern Company. And uh, their subsidiary, Georgia Power, which is – you know, provides power to the state of Georgia, um, not all of the the residents of Georgia because there are other entities, but they they wanted to build um, two new reactors at their existing Vogel uh, nuclear plant, which is near Waynesboro, Georgia. Uh, so the, the largest close town is Augusta, which is about 25 miles uh, away. And... Um, Plant Vogel already has two existing nuclear reactors, um, and so they wanted to build two more. And across uh, the way in South Carolina, um, you had uh, the, the company Scana, who has a subsidiary name known as SCENG. They also ended up being sort of at the front of the line and were pursuing two also Westinghouse AP-1000 reactors at um, their existing VC summer plant, which only has one reactor currently. So most of these new reactor applications across the country and in the southeast were all this Toshiba Westinghouse AP1000 design. So, um, you know, as you said, uh, floor, uh, SACE, Southern Alliance for Clean Energy, works in the southeastern United States. So we had, for instance, we work in Florida. And in Florida, um, at the time, Progress Energy Florida and then Florida Power and Light, they were like, yeah, let's build AP-1000s too. So they each had two uh, 
reactors proposed in their service territories. Um, you had uh, more reactors proposed in South Carolina by other utilities. Um, so it was just, I mean, it was kind of crazy, the amount of new reactors that were proposed, given none had been ordered in over 30 years in the United States. So Toshiba Westinghouse was in the middle of all of that. And they obviously bet big, and it looked like things were moving forward until, and this is getting back to your question of why is why is this Toshiba situation in Japan with their financial meltdown significant to us in the United States, is that over the last, uh, you know, 10 years since this quote-unquote nuclear renaissance happened, is the renaissance basically sputtered out. And uh, nearly all the applications that were out there either were suspended by the utility or they were significantly delayed or utilities changed their mind and just said, you know, we're going to wait in the wings and we'll circle back later and do something. So of all these reactors getting proposed, only four of them actually, you know, were broke ground essentially and, you know, put construction workers on site and so those are those two projects are the Southern Company slash Georgia Powers Vogel project in Georgia, and then the two reactors under construction at uh, in South Carolina at VC Summer. Um, so Toshiba obviously um, didn't see all of the reactor development that they intended to see, and uh, at the end of this last year, 2016, news got out that Toshiba had huge financial losses. Um, and ultimately, within the next two months, uh, we learned uh, that they lost an estimated over $6.1, maybe $6.3 billion on the purchase of that Westinghouse nuclear division. And those losses are all traced directly back to the VC Summer and the Vogel projects. So, in fact, these losses of over $6 billion are more than what Toshiba paid for Westinghouse when they purchased it in the mid-2000s. So, um, in February... Why is that? I'm sorry. Why is that? Why? 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 I mean, Toshiba is a very well-known, respected Japanese company. How, How could they have... Is it is it because is it because you know the folks here in Georgia and South Carolina misrepresented not misrepresented but miscalculated or I I just I don't understand how businesses that big and that well funded and and so well respected can make that big of a mistake. Exactly. No, I I that's why this is such huge news and and shocking news of you know, how how could this happen, you know, as you pointed out. And I, you know, I do not, I'm not the fly on the wall in the, the headquarters of Toshiba talking about all this, but in part, a big, um, a big part of what happened and how these losses occurred is when Toshiba, well, let's step back a little bit. First of all, um, it obviously, for those of us who've been following new nuclear power development in the United States, the cost of building new nuclear plants is far greater. It's much more expensive than what we were all originally led to believe. 
So um, the contracts likely that um, Westinghouse, which was then acquired by Toshiba, um, worked out with Southern Company and Scana, as an example, probably underestimated what it was really going to cost to build these reactors. And um, Toshiba slash Westinghouse can only collect from the utilities what they're supposed to get paid in the contract. So if they essentially underbid what it costs, you've got some serious losses going on. So that's one component of it. The other issue, which seems to be um, probably the devil in the details kind of thing, is that Westinghouse and its subcontractors, uh, because of all the problems that were going on at the Vogel and VC Summer construction sites, they took over construction management at the Vogel and Summer projects. And CB&I, Stone and Webster, was the like the subcontractor to Westinghouse. And so Westinghouse actually acquired CBNI, Stone and Webster in December 2015 uh, for, I think the figure was somewhere around $230 million. And apparently Toshiba uh, discovered or has discovered that they there were a lot more problems going on at the site and it seems that there may have been um, just a number of inefficiencies that were going on. So when they acquired CB&I and Stone and Webster, uh, they essentially bought a mess that had much more debt and much more, uh, many more inefficiencies than they were led to believe. I mean, again, arguably, I would say, how could Toshiba go into such a venture and not do the due diligence to figure out what was really going on. So I think that's obviously something that is being investigated and looked at. And it's it's such a mess that Toshiba was supposed to have their earnings, their quarterly earnings on February 14th of this year in Japan. And um, they, they received a waiver from Japanese regulators. They got an, a month extension. Um, so they they had sort of a, a provisional outlook earnings report on February 14th, but said they needed another month, and they got approval from the Japanese regulators because they needed to get have more time to get in depth on what was going on with the Westinghouse nuclear division, and so that 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 important earnings call is now set for March 14th, which is a date you know I'll have on my calendar to. Um, Try to. I can't. I don't speak Japanese, so I'm not going to be able to understand that. But to wait for the transcript and the translation to come out and find out what what was unearthed over this additional month in investigations. But you know, as you said, how can you have something this big happen and you don't notice it? And I'm sure Toshiba has a zillion lawyers and accountants and everything else looking into this. But it is. The bottom line is they made a bad business decision that stemmed back to the mid-2000s in buying Westinghouse in the first place, and then another misstep occurred when subsidiary Westinghouse acquired CB&I, Stone & Webster, the subcontractor that had been working on the Vogel and Summer projects back in 2015. And they acquired that as a means to try to rein in the delays and the construction problems that were happening on these projects. So obviously, again, another bad um, business decision that is costing Toshiba dearly. And, you know, I've read reports that um, Toshiba does a lot of things. I mean, I 
when I grew up, Toshiba was like a TV company. I mean, that's what I knew about it. I had right. a TV that said Toshiba on it. I didn't know all of what they were involved in and over time um, have gotten into. So, you know, in order to get themselves out of this debt hole that they found themselves in, they're having to do some very severe um uh, me- taking very severe measures, um, selling some of what they call their crown jewels, which is their memory chip business. And and most analysts that I've heard from have said that if Toshiba can recover, it will be a shell of itself. And and what's amazing to me is that, again, it all stems back to these two projects that are over in Georgia and South Carolina. Um these two nuclear projects did in a financial giant in Japan. It's overwhelming so, to me. Yeah. So what does it mean for us? I mean, what does it mean for, I mean, does it mean that, I, I, I'm trying to figure out, like, if, if Toshiba goes down, mm-hmm. you know, what happens to Vogel? I mean, who provides additional support? Who helps finish it? Who, you know... I mean, right, those seem right. like logical questions to me. Oh, they are. They are very logical questions with not simple answers, unfortunately. I mean, I think right now the the short answer is we don't know how this is going to affect. If you're a Georgia Power ratepayer or you're an SCENG ratepayer over in South Carolina, we don't know how what exact impact this is going to have. I can tell you one thing we do know is this is not good news for those projects. And, in fact, upon this news coming out um, on February 14th from Toshiba, uh, two days later, Scana had their quarterly earnings report and announced that Westinghouse had given them a revised construction schedule. And, no surprise to us, um, the schedule is now delayed even further. So, um, those reactors, the last dates we had, were August 2019 for Unit 2 to be online, August 2020 for Unit 3 to be online. After this recent Toshiba news, Westinghouse gave Scanna the new schedule, and there was a, a delay from August 2019 to April 2020 for Unit 2, and then August 2020 to December 2020 for Unit 3. A week later, Southern, has, Southern Company has their quarterly earnings call on, on February 22nd, and on that call, Tom Fanning of Southern Company mentions that, again, no surprise to us, Westinghouse provided them a revised schedule as well. And sure enough, yet another delay for the Vogel project. Um, those reactors, the last dates, the ones that Georgia Power has been saying publicly for a couple years now, June 2019 for Unit 3 and June 2020 for Unit 4. And instead, Westinghouse is saying, well, we're going to push those out six months and three months, so it'll be December 2019 for Unit 3 and September 2020 for Unit 4. Um, mind you, Tom Fanning of Southern Company said they they haven't agreed. The company hasn't agreed to those dates yet. They're supposedly going to take the next month, month and a half to really look at that. But any delay, if you are a customer of Georgia Power, a delay costs money. That's just the way that it is. 
And we have testimony from the Georgia Public Service Commission because Southern Alliance for Clean Energy has a very active intervener in dockets related to Vogel before the PSC, the Public Service Commission, who are five commissioners um, who oversee this case and the Vogel project. Um, we, um, I just lost my train of thought, I'm sorry. <laughs> we, um, we have testimony that shows a, a day delay just for Georgia Power Share of the project costs over $2 million. So for customers, you don't want to, you know, as a bill payer, a rate payer, you don't want to see delays in a project because it means more costs. And the question is always, who's going to pay for those costs? And I think that's what your question was fundamentally getting back to. And thus far, um, customers have had nearly all the costs of this project shifted over to them and very little impact to Southern Company shareholders, for example. So I think it's important for those listening uh, to this interview today to realize in South Carolina and in Georgia, as of April 1st of this year, of 2017, all four reactors, the two at VC Summer and the two at Plant Vogel, were supposed to be operating. That's when they were originally set to operate. And now you are looking at, I mean, we should just use the December 31st, 2020 date. Um, because that's in a settlement agreement that the Public Service Commission approved at the end of December here in Georgia, that's a 45-month delay to the project. And as I told you, each day of delay, according to staff testimony, costs roughly uh, over $2 million. And um, that's, that's what we need to worry about. And, you know, this is a nuclear plant, so it's not like we want to cut corners uh, with safety. You know, there are – these are <laughs> – these are. This is an industry that um, there is no margin for error, you know, with an accident. And as Fukushima, you know, the which we're coming on the six-year anniversary of the uh, the earthquake and subsequent tsunami that led to a nuclear disaster at the Fukushima Daiichi facility on March 11th, um, six years ago. Um, you can't rush these projects. So. You know, it, it and, and Toshiba, the other significance of the Toshiba financial meltdown is at that February 14th earnings call for Toshiba, they announced that they, Westinghouse, was getting out of the nuclear construction business. They said they would complete the two uh, nuclear power plant projects underway, but they would not be building any more. And so that is is a huge exclamation mark to show that, you know, the so-called nuclear renaissance really is dead because Westinghouse was well-positioned to design and build nuclear power plants. And there are not that many entities out there globally that can do that. And certainly, again, from the customer perspective, which is what you're bringing up, is if you're going to end up bringing a whole new person or company into the game, to work on a project, I can guarantee you it is not going to be a smooth transition. And what does that equate to? More delays. And what does that equate to? More money. And who pays? Generally, 
with the history of the Georgia Public Service Commission and the South Carolina Public Service Commission as well. It's been the customer and not the utility and their shareholders. Okay. Um, so clearly I have not been – I mean, I, 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 I clearly know that the delays have been happening, but, I mean, this is huge news. I mean, this – I just – I'm, I'm I'm speechless, and that is very unusual for me. For people who know me, that's very <laughs> unusual. I'm like, I don't even know what to say because I do know that the Public Service Commission is just, you know, I I respect the Public Service Commissioners and, and know all of them well. But, you know, at some point, this just can't re- rest on the ratepayers. And the fact that it it has just continue to rest on the ratepayers, and quite frankly, I have no hope at this point that things even going to get done. So, um, you know, I just I, I don't understand. Oh my goodness! So, what, so okay, so <laughs> so what? So well, I let's put let's let let me call out one potential positive that may occur, um, and this is very new news as of yesterday, is that Commissioner Bubba McDonald of the Georgia Public Service Commission, um, he tomorrow in Energy Committee at the Public Service Commission is is putting forward an order in which um, he cites the, the Toshiba financial situation and proposes, um, because Georgia Power has... <clears throat> recently said that they'd like to look at potentially two more reactors in the state of Georgia, in Stewart County, Georgia, um, along the Tattahoochee River. And so the Public Service Commission uh, last summer in the during the long-term energy planning process had approved up to $99 million could be spent for by, by Georgia Power for activities related to pursuing this new nuclear option, as they called it, at the Stewart County site. And so he yesterday filed um, sort of a heads up that at Energy Committee tomorrow, he wanted to put a motion forward to rescind Georgia Power's authorization to to record up to that $99 million, given the fact that Toshiba is pulling pulling Westinghouse out of the nuclear construction business, so therefore Georgia Power doesn't have a builder for the AP-1000, so why should ratepayers have to put you know, a bill of $99 million. Now, that's a drop in the bucket, but at at least, you know, we appreciate that Commissioner McDonald connected the dots and looks at the reality that new reactors beyond Vogel are highly, I mean, it's not going to happen. And so at least that's one step in the right direction. I I agree with you. This, This news is overwhelming and, uh, certainly was not anticipated. And, you know, from Southern Company or Scana's perspective, they can't control Toshiba. You know, that this is the, the Georgia Public Service Commission can't control Toshiba. This is bigger, <laughs> if, if you want to say it, this is a bigger development than, you know, what, what many people were prepared for. It's a global, it's an international development that sent shockwaves through the nuclear industry worldwide. I mean, I was talking with reporters from Japan and London and uh, financial reporters over the world who 
didn't really know much about the Vogel Project or the VC Summer Project at all, but they, they tracked Toshiba regularly. And, you know, this was huge and is still huge news. And I agree with you that it's hard to know, will these projects be done, be completed? And that is nuclear power's history is um, littered with, uh, suspended reactor projects. Vogel alone, Plant Vogel alone, originally back in the early 70s, that proposal was for four reactors. And at the end of the day, just two were built, and they were completed very delayed um, in 1987 and 1989. And the cost estimates for those went up over 1,200%. The, the project originally for four reactors was supposed to be $660 million dollars. And at the end of the day, you only got two reactors, and the Georgia Public Service Commission at the time capped the cost uh, at just above $8 billion. So the company did suffer a loss then. And, you know, it's, it, it, we forewarned the commission, and the state legislature, and, and others not to go down the nuclear path again. Certainly don't be the first in line um, with a new reactor design that had never been built and operated in the world. Um, and to be one of the to the, be the first utility out of the gates when we haven't built new reactors in the United States in over 30 years, but Southern Company thought they could do it, and they thought they could do it for 6.1 billion dollars for Georgia Power's share of the project, and that they could get it done by August 1st of 2017, and they failed in both of those regards miserably. And there's no way they okay. can get around that reality. Um, all right, so I'm going to tell you that we are way over time, and um, <laughs> this broadcast will end soon. Okay. Still sitting here stunned, um, and, like, the implications are just so large. So what I'm going to do is um, ask you to give uh, contact information so people want to get more information, because I know you've done some blogs and I think we've posted uh, one of them on Southeast Green, and I would like to invite sure. them back after they have the hearings. The the okay. not the hearings. Yeah, the, the earnings. Well, there's going to be hearings. I'm sure there's going to be hearings. Yeah, earning reports sure. when they have the earnings. Well, thank you. I would the hearings love, will come I would later love to on. Come back. Okay, yeah. I would love to come back. Um, and we'll schedule an hour. Sure, <laughs> sure. Um, if if people want to reach out to us, um, you can visit our, our website at www cleanenergy, all one word, dot O-R-G. Um, if you'd like to send me an email, you can send an email to info, I-N-F-O, at cleanenergy, all one word, dot O-R-G. Um, and we also, as, as Beth said, we have a blog. It's blog dot cleanenergy, all one word, dot O-R-G. You can put Toshiba in the search box or Vogel, which is V-O-G-T-L-E, and pull up... Um, uh, blogs associated with that and you know I would say if people need to do anything right now um, you can contact the Public Service Commission the Georgia Public Service Commission or if you're in South Carolina the South Carolina Public Service Commission and express your concerns um, that you can't afford to have these costs spiral out of control and honestly the commissioner should look at the fact uh, the reality that if you don't know what this project is going to cost at the end of the day maybe these projects aren't going to be completed Maybe we are at a point where billions were thrown down the toilet, unfortunately. But, 
you've got to stop the bleeding somewhere because customers cannot keep paying for something when there is no end date and there is no final price tag. Yes, absolutely agree. Sarah, thank you so much for illuminating us on this quite, I think the title of the show, I sort of said it tongue-in-cheek, is absolutely point on, which is Toshiba's nuclear meltdown. So um, we really appreciate you being a champion um, for keeping up with all this because I know it's quite complicated and complex. And um, we really appreciate your time, and we will look forward to hearing back from you in early April after the earnings calls. Okay, great. Thank you, Beth. Thank you, everybody, for Uh listening. Thanks. Bye-bye. I just don't get stunned, but I'm stunned. So uh, clearly the implications for uh, South Carolina and Georgia residents are huge on this issue. We will continue to cover this issue on Southeast Green. Um, This has been very sobering this morning. Um, You know, we like to focus on solutions and how sustainability and practicing sustainability or a greener lifestyle can, can help. I don't. I don't know how to fix this one. So, anyway, we really appreciate Sarah's time and uh, all the folks at SACE for all the hard work they do. So, we have chock-a-block full of, of um, Speaking of Green episodes coming up in March. And um, clearly we've got an episode coming up in April. So, don't forget that uh, we are the largest uh, website in the southeast for sustainability. We have a very uh, robust uh, business directory, very low threshold to get in and um, you pay one fee and you're on the site. So please consider being part of our Green Business Directory. And don't forget that Southeast Green is around 24-7, seven days a week. And we hope that you'll share some of these uh, these episodes we've had recently of Speaking of Green and some of the news on this because it's really important for people to understand. We are signing now with Jeff Hicks and the Heretics, Lisa Peach. Thanks so much. <laughs>